Welcome to Joy Sounds, music you need to know, presenting the brightest emerging and breaking artists. This podcast is about who's next and who you will want to follow. And who knows, you might discover your next favorite artist. Here's your host, Chris Sampson. Thank you. And I hope everybody's having a great week. I'm so pleased you joined us for another episode of Joy Sounds, music you need to know. Today we present indie pop artist Maddie Ross. This past year has been a significant one for Maddie, starting with the release of her debut LP, Never Have I Ever. Billboard named Never Have I Ever one of the 50 best albums of 2019 so far. On today's episode, you'll hear the incredible story of how Maddie got to open for Katie Tunstall on her latest tour. We also hear the compelling story of how coming out changed Maddie as an artist. Maddie also has a podcast of her own that you can check out called Love is a Softball Field. You can hear Maddie perform live this week at The Resident in downtown LA on October 16th. Get your tickets now. As a preview to her show, Maddie performs three songs live from the Joy Sound Studio. She performs Hometown, Liv Tyler, and Next to Me. So it's my pleasure to welcome Maddie Ross, performing Hometown, here on Joy Sounds. Black lights and blue faces, her makeup, her waist. I've been there and it's starting Touch hands and touch bodies. Cause I was kissing girls in my hometown Trying to change and every minute is a second longer than I could take Until the night when the lights went down So who you gonna call when the lights go down? Tell me why you never say my name out loud I'm the one you call when the lights go down Down. 
That was Hometown, performed by Maddie Ross. And we get to welcome to the Joy Sound studio, Maddie Ross and producer, co-writer Wolfie. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to have you guys here. Nice to be here. I yeah. love it here. Yes. <laughs> we love here. it. We love you being here. <laughs> this is great. My middle name is Joy, actually. Get out. Yeah. Did you know I named this show after you? <laughs> That's what I thought, but That's, I didn't oh want to be God. too forward. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I didn't know how to ask you for permission, so it's just, you know. The song Hometown, I, it's got to be autobiographical, right? <laughs> it is. is right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Absolutely. This is screaming <laughs> Maddie Ross's background, right? Yeah, so exactly. So give us a little bit more insights into this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a good one to start with. I, we've been opening our shows with it um, for a while now because— um, it just kind of kicks you right off with, I was kissing girls in my hometown trying mm-hmm. to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically, it's a song about trying really hard to push down who you are. Yeah. Um, but then realizing that all of these people who you're trying to please are not the people who are making you the most happy. It's, mm. you know, so it's like, wh- who are you going to call when the lights go down? Like yeah. it's going to be yeah, yeah. that person. I've had the pleasure to know you for quite some time and I knew you as an artist before you came out Mm -hmm. and I know you as an artist after you came out and those are two different artists seriously I actually was listening to an earlier episode of joy sounds with Rozzy which I loved how when she was talking about um basically feeling like she wasn't an artist when she was younger but she had a voice and then after so many years of dedicating her life to it, it, all of a sudden is this amazing tool that you can use to get through things. Yeah, And I felt that way a lot about music. I mean, I've always, you know, been a person who has something to say and it's, you know, I, I've always been, I used to write books as a kid. Like uh-huh. I wrote, I used my parents' printer and wasted so much ink printing out like a 200 <laughs> page novel <laughs> and like gave it to them for Christmas. And they're like, oh, great. Thanks. thanks. Um, I've, I've always kind of, I've always wanted to express myself and that's always, that's just the type of person I am. Yeah. But suddenly we were seen, we all, Madison and I, Wolfie and I went to college together and we were really good friends. And then senior year, we all of a sudden fell in love and started dating mm. and it was so overwhelming. We didn't come out for almost a full year when we were together. We were just like, what the fuck is happening? Right. We I wrote a lot of songs during that time. We started produce we for my senior project. We um, did an EP together. It was my first thing I'd ever released, and we co-wrote the songs. And Wolfie produced it. And the songs were really. I mean, it's just sad for me when I listen back to them because they're so tortured. They're just mm. about feeling like this misery. I was I was seriously in misery. Oh, I boy. I had so much anxiety like that entire year. I just, you know, that knot in your stomach where you're like, I'm in trouble, but I can't remember yeah. what what for, or like sure. someone's about to yell at me. It's like that feeling, just constantly. Mm. It was like, it was just a lot of, a lot of stress because I was lying. I was lying about what who I was and who I was in love with and what I was doing, and I was scared anytime someone asked me, just like, oh hey, like what do you do today? I would feel like I was being accused of something. I'd be like nothing. Everything what? became what? an interrogation. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure. Yeah. And I know a lot of people can relate to it. And like, it's, I've talked to so, so many queer people who yeah. have had similar experiences. And I think it was just, it was a really tough time. And I had music to express that. Um, and then a couple of years after we graduated, I kind of, I was kind of in 
uh, at a standstill. I was like not really writing music after I graduated. I was like, what am I going to do for money? What am I like, should I even be an artist? What, you know, I would just went to school for this and I've, you know, committed four years of my life to it, but like I suck and this is, you know, whatever, mm, all of that, mm. you know, typical stuff that we all have is the kind of typical artist. Baggage. And you're not alone. A lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. yeah, sure. Wrote a song one day. It was called make me a safe place. And it was one of those songs that like, you know, wrote itself really quickly. And, you know, you feel like you didn't even write it. It just happened yeah. so fast. And I sent it to Wolfie she was at work at her movie theater job and I was like oh just listen to this when you can and then she called me like five minutes later and was like I'm huddled outside like I'm on a quick break I just listened to it I love it this is incredible like let's get working on it right away and it was basically I wrote this song and it was like it was a little bit sexual and it was basically about wanting to wanting to enjoy sex and enjoy this feminine side of myself that I mm-hmm. pushed down a lot because I was very much like a tomboy and didn't like male attention, like kind of didn't understand why, just like a little bit uncomfortable with myself for, mm-hmm. you know, all of puberty. And so I wrote this song and it felt really good to just sing it and to like, you know, nurture this side of myself that I'm not typically expressing in day-to-day life. Yeah. Um, and so then I wrote that. I wrote a couple more songs really fast. We're like, cool, let's just um, put this out on an EP. So I put out this three-song EP called Making Out Is Easy. Mm. And um, that EP, I got so much love and acceptance for that. I think changed a lot of things because I was being really myself for the first time. I was kind of like, oh, this is my girl. You know, just kind of going for it. Just being like, this is my girlfriend. I'm far away from that scary time physically and, you know, time-wise. It's in the past. And I can just declare like, oh, yeah, I'm gay. This is my girlfriend. We make songs together. Here's this one song. And it's kind of about us being in love and even like, you know, being intimate with each other a little bit. And I got such a positive reaction just from like our, you know, my outer circle kind of friends of friends and you know people in the music community who I kind of knew yeah I got so much positive feedback and that was just like did you basically come out through a record pretty much yeah kind Is of that really wow kind of yeah I mean I had in you know sort of come out to certain people and forgive me and, for if I'm prying but no I, not yeah, a, no yeah. not at all yeah um and that's a thing like I feel happy to talk about it because yeah. Being in the closet was so terrible. It's like, I don't want to step back in. Like, I just want to be completely open about who I am. And, you know, I've made steps over and over over the last five years to just be as honest as I can in every, you know, how I present myself with every single person, whether it's just like at the grocery store or at a family dinner or whatever. Is this the record that we're talking about that ended up um, recognized on the Billboard Top 50 so far of 2019. That's the one. Come on. <laughs> so, I, and, and completely independent. And also on this record, I, I love the title of this next song, Liv Tyler's on this oh, yeah. record, right? Mm-hmm. I think you captured every pop cultural reference <laughs> <laughs> within the, the time that you were growing up. It's just like it all yeah. got crammed into one song. <laughs> That's the hugest compliment. That was the goal. When I when we released that uh, first EP, I was talking about making out is easy. We it really found a home with listeners of um, a lot of gay women, especially or young people. Um, a lot of female writers liked it, and then we would kind of get we would get some pushback or criticism, um, usually from from like 
middle-aged or younger men being like, you sound like Avril Lavigne, like in a uh, mean way, yeah, which sure. I'm like, Avril Lavigne fucking rules, but. Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, thanks. But that's pretty much exactly, Wolfie was like, that's exactly it. Like they're, re- they're recognizing that we're making really poppy music, but it's guitar driven rather than, you know, more modern pop is a lot more like programming For and sure. um, not a lot of electric guitar. So mm-hmm. I think that, and drums. I, I hear real and drums. And drums, yeah. yeah. Shout out Scott Heiner. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, I just am making music that um, is the kind of music that I grew up on and that I loved listening to and that excites me. And like, it's not even, at first it wasn't conscious. It's just me writing a song on a guitar and then that's kind of the form that it comes out in. So, yeah. um, so we, we noticed a pattern of feedback of people being like, yes, this sounds like the 2000s and I love it. Or people being like, you know, okay, Michelle Branch. And I'm like, again, <laughs> thank you. Um, so Wolfie had this cool idea that um, we should write an album. Um, we got a lot of teen movie references. People were like, this sounds like a rom. It should be in a rom-com. This sounds like the end credits to a movie. And so Wolfie was like, what if we made a whole album and every song on the album scored a different scene to like a teen movie? Like we just, you know, basically look at the arc of a teen movie. And then, um, and so we kind of watched some movies and wrote down like the best syncs and all of them. Like Mean Girls, a scene where they're walking down the hallway. It's like hot girl walking in slow Mm -hmm. motion. Mm -hmm. Like that's track two. Um, so we had a lot of just rom-com tropes and different, you know. Have you scenes. revealed the sources for all the songs, or is this like something your listeners get to guess at? Uh, no, I, I think actually, some of the references are pretty pretty obvious. Yeah, some oh, of okay. them, to me feel really obvious. Okay, but um, we actually so for because for our PR, um, we made a little fake teen magazine to go with this album, and Billboard premiered it. Um, so you can find it on Billboard. Um, the link to this magazine where i basically went song by song like who it was what songs inspired by and like it, it's all up there if you want awesome. to find it somewhere fantastic Liv tyler is um the makeover montage scene so it's basically was designed to be like that montage scene mid-movie when you know the, the nerdy trans- girl is transformation getting transformed yeah, i was so- thinking uh that song in clueless supermodel yeah by jill so beautiful. Oh, okay yeah that's the one that i was yeah. thinking and when we started Putting it together, I was like, "This song sucks. Like, this is <laughs> this is gonna be track five, and it sucks. It doesn't matter. Like, I like hot girl slow motion way more than I like makeover montage. Like, this song sucks. Yeah, yeah. The um, the working title was makeover montage until I wrote the lyrics. Yeah. So, but, so that's what to listen for, I guess, as we play. All right. So this is Maddie Ross along with Wolfie performing Liv Tyler. <laughs>
I love that line, Liv Tyler in a skirt. Is it okay to admit that girls and guys alike probably <laughs> that, into Liv Tyler in a skirt? That's what was so perfect about using Liv Tyler is that it's just like everyone's dream girl. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, and also, like, I identify as lesbian, but, um, you know, the song's like English teacher boyfriend. Like, I, I really liked the idea of it just being something that everyone can sing along to. It's like whether Freddie Prince is your is your whatever That's icon right. yeah, or yeah. Liv Tyler or Hugh Grant. You guys recently got off the road with Katie Tunstall, yeah. which is incredible. Thank you. It was it was incredible. It was and you've awesome. had a big year. Like like all of this has happened within the span of a year. Yeah, exactly. Like almost to the day. Yeah. I was at home last summer. I got diagnosed with this autoimmune thing that um like a couple years ago now and it unfortunately like um it creates a lot of scar tissue and I had to have gynecological surgery mm. to to help you know all of the scarring that it caused and it was just like such a huge blow like it really I it kind of I got like into a funk of like anxiety and and I started going to therapy and then I had this surgery scheduled for September of last year and so I, like my whole summer, I was just like in this funk and like feeling pretty depressed and anxious and like, I don't know where my music's going. I don't, you know, I, mm-hmm. I just didn't really know what was happening next. And I had this looming surgery and I was like, oh God, I'm going to, it was basically, I wasn't allowed to walk for two weeks after the surgery. Oh, no. And then after that, it was going to be like six to eight weeks of recovery, but I literally had to stay in bed for two weeks. Mm. So it was just like this huge thing in my mind all summer. And then maybe like two weeks before the surgery happened, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, actually, with just kind of being authentic on social media and And when I see things that I like, I just like start promoting them like crazy. And so I saw a tweet about this all-female music festival and I found the poster for it and I just retweeted it saying like, this looks so cool. Like, this is so badass. What a great idea. And Katie Tunstall was um, in that lineup. She saw the tweet, got the notification for it. And then something just led her to like click on my page and maybe check me out. And she saw that I was a singer and she listened to my music and then she was just like, this girl's cool. And so she DM'd me Wow, (laughs) and was like, hey, Maddie, it's Katie Tunstall. I just checked out your music after I saw your tweet. I'm going on a on a North American tour in October. Would you be down to join me? That's amazing. (laughs) I know. It's fucked up. Yeah. okay. It's crazy. (laughs) It's just like. It's the type of thing that I never could have made happen if I was trying to make it happen. Absolutely. Like, like there's no, like, way to worm your way into that. It just was, like, it speaks to her and how amazing she is and how generous she is. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, she— And how that transcends the industry. I know. Because that has nothing to do with how the industry actually (laughs) operates. I know. And it's so crazy, like— I've been sitting there, you know, depressed all summer, just being like, what's next? Like, how do people get managers? How do people get booking agents? How do people just keep releasing music? Like, sending, like, I've sent as many emails as I possibly can. I don't know how to get more people to open them. Like, just, it's like you try so hard to to be strategic and be thoughtful and be a good, like, business person, in quotes. But but our secret is (laughs) random tweets. Yeah, (laughs) random. (laughs) chaos um but like wolfie's always kind of kept me in line she's such a planner and so she's always like what's our one-year plan five-year plan etc like we want to release it on this date let's work backwards and so when we released making out as easy that first ep she was like our goal with each release is to just 
reach a new ring of people. Like we're not trying to conquer the world. We just want to reach, to make new fans that we didn't have on the last release. So we've just been like, we got to keep putting out good music. We're going to put out stuff we really like. I put out this song, You're Still My Sugar, that I thought was like the best song I'll ever write. And um, that that's part of my depressed. I was just like, you know, what do I do now? Like I'm, I thought I put out good music. I don't know what to do next. Um, but Wolfie's right. Like you just keep putting stuff out, like keep putting out stuff you like and are happy with and be consistent. And, um, it takes luck. Like that was an extremely ridiculous stroke of luck. So yes, it's, you know, when those two meet. Yeah, no, it's crazy luck, but had you not had the tracks (laughs) up that were of quality, there would have been no, no motivation to contact you. So it's both. Yeah. I think I think that the the consistency of of turning out good material that you believe in fosters that luck, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And your so, evidence of that. Well, you got to you got to put yourself in a position that if the opportunity happens, you're like ready to go. Right. You've got right. So we actually had had some songs recorded and, you know, I've been performing for almost a decade like pretty consistently and we've got all that ready. So then when she called, so that like immediately took me out of that depression and like this looming surgery that I you know was all I was thinking about all of a sudden I was like oh my god I'm leaving in like nine weeks and I've got to do this whole 22 city North American tour like we've got to we need music to release before then so I like I put out an EP um, that I released three days before we left and I put out a music video and I just did so many like emails and planning from my surgical bed where I was just there for two weeks like it it was just like this huge lesson for me of just like stop, you know, sulking and get excited for the future. And, let's go. and let's exactly. Go. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, I've never pushed myself so hard in my life as I have in the past year. Yeah. And um I had the surgery, it went really well. Um I recovered like just in time to go on the road and then I, you know, my voice got in really good shape. I, you know, made sure to do my vocal warms every day for two months. Like, did all that, ate really healthy, like, drank emergency by the gallon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I did this thing that I didn't know if I would be physically capable of doing. And I just, like, it just makes you feel so powerful. The The more you do something you didn't think you could do, the more you just feel superhuman. And... I bet it helped that every night you got the positive feedback from the audience. A hundred percent. Never toured before. I don't think I've played a show outside of LA since I was in high school. Like, uh, didn't did not know what to expect. And then our first show was in Portland, and I got on stage, and it was a sold out show, and the room was completely filled to the brim when awesome. I got on stage, and it was so quiet. Like you could hear a pin drop. They were so respectful. Everyone was just like ready to hear music, and I was like, okay, here we go. And so we started play. We sang. We opened with Hometown, and then. Um, I was like, this is my girlfriend, Wolfie. And the crowd just goes, yeah! <laughs> and so I was like, okay, we're, we're doing well. And I you know, told a story about how the last time I was in Oregon, I had lost my phone and it reappeared two years later in the mail with thousands of photos on it. It was like, it was such a weird thing. But I had that kind of wow, story. Wow, we're going to have to have another yeah. episode of Joy Sounds for that story. <laughs> it was hilarious. That story alone. Dude. I know. But so we're going to stick a pin in that story. We'll <laughs> yeah. be back to that. I had that in my back pocket though, but it was kind of just feeling out like the whole bantering thing. And it was just like, it could not have gone better. And every audience was some, you know, variation of that. I think it was a combination of her fans and being 
people who really love music and like, you know, they've stuck around with her for over a decade and they're looking to hear singer songwriters. And, um, and then also I think like my, my superpower is Wolfie. Like we, we just tease each other and make fun of each other on stage and tell stories and like keep it really, um, kind of just bring everyone into our space. And I think people appreciated that. And like, it made it easier to kind of break the ice with them being like, we have no idea who these artists are at all. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'll show you like with our personality and our songs. This has been one of my favorite afternoons ever. <laughs> Me too. I could talk for seven more hours. This might end up into a part one, part two episode. <laughs> um, but how about we just say this? Uh, it's an open invitation for... Maddie Ross and Wolfie to come back to Joy Sounds anytime. Well, we'd love to. And we're going to ask you to play one more tune. If that's Amazing. okay. Absolutely. So this, this next tune is called Next to Me. How do you want to set this one up? And we'll have you play out the show. This was uh, the part of the album. It's track nine. So it's not end credits, but it's like people, you know, coming together, feel good. Liz Fair sing, you know, background track yeah, to, yeah. Um, to two people holding hands and feeling pretty good. Nice. Very suitable for us to wrap up (laughs) (laughs) today's uh, episode of Joyce Sounds. Maddie Ross, Wolfie, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Great spending time with you. And this is Next to Me by Maddie Ross and Wolfie. If you want it, then you got it in the right.
and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know.